This podcast is made possible by supporters like you. Mahalo. And by Atlas Insurance Agency, Hawaii's largest professional agency, helping Hawaii navigate insurance solutions since 1929. More at atlasinsurance.com. Hello, my kako. Welcome to a new episode of What School You Went? Where we start every conversation with that question. I'm Ron Mizutani, and today, today we're going to be talking about Hollywood's long-time love affair with Hawaii. I want to extend a warm welcome to my dear friend Donnie Dawson. Donnie has served as the Hawaii State Film Commissioner since 2001, heading the office that is the first point of contact for all film production, large and small, throughout the state of Hawaii. Aloha, Donnie. Welcome back to PBS Hawaii. Aloha. It's really awesome to be here. It's awesome to see you. I think that this uh, What School You Went is an awesome idea. Brilliant. Thank you. We, we really have fun with it. Uh, some people don't like the title. They think it's pigeon or it's, you know, improper, uh, not standard English, but hey, that's how we roll. Pigeon is a language. First, and that, it is. Yes. It is recognized. But, yes. you know, what we do in Hawaii, we What's going on? You know, that's what we say. That's how we connect. And I got to ask, and I know the answer. <laughs> What's going on? I went to La Piazza. I graduated from La Piazza. I actually spent my um, elementary years at Punahou. Um, graduated from La Piazza, swam for all-girls school, swam for Iolani, and was supposed to go back to Punahou for my senior year. And um, I decided I wanted to stay at a small comfortable, all-girls school. But back then was HSD. I mean, it was, it was Hawaii, school, Hawaii, school, Hawaii for school for Girls. Yeah. And then they changed the name to La Pietra, named after the home, uh, right. which, is, which is La Pietra, just to kind of give it a more um, uplifting uh, moniker. Right there on the slopes of Diamond Head. Yes. Beautiful, Beautiful campus. Beautiful place. Beautiful campus. You know, uh, not, to, not to make anybody scared, but La Pietra is also the path for a lot of activity. Yes, we had a Lopaka Kapunui on, and um, you can feel the presence yes. of, of a lot of stuff going on yes. there. Yes, we had a, we had several overnighters there yeah. uh, when when I was in school, and um, I can attest to that. So yeah. um, it's it's small kind spooky, <laughs> but, um, but it, just a beautiful, beautiful spirit, um, manaful spirit that exists there. No doubt about it. You know, Hawaii has long time been a destination for directors in Hollywood. And I mean, we're talking decades ago, mm -hmm. but I want to start with your office because there is a ton of work that goes on behind the scenes um, long before a director says action. Mm -hmm. uh, and you have a, a, a small staff considering what you folks do. Tell us about what is it permits and dates and times. I mean, it's yeah. insane. It's, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people don't really understand the background of what has to go on in order to make each and every one of these productions successful. Mm -hmm. And um, we have a small staff, but I will say um, they are the most passionate. All of them have some level of production experience. And so that makes them kind of like the secret weapons, that they're able to understand what's needed from a production standpoint, but they also understand the bureaucracy that exists at the state level and other, you know, government um, uh, offices. And 
the whole purpose of our office is to really be a liaison agency to streamline the process of production, whether it be permits, and you need to have a film permit to film on any public uh, land or ocean water, um, and to and we also administer a tax credit program, which mm -hmm. is key to the success of the industry going forward, and it's comparable to tax incentive programs all over the world. But we, we um, our, our job really is to make their job easier. Mm -hmm. And it's an interesting question because it's not as simple as pushing paper and uh, issuing a film permit because there are cultural sensitivities, Absolutely. there are environmental sensitivities that a lot of these producers have no clue about. Mm -hmm. They don't know what they don't know. They come in almost, you know, bull in a china shop thinking that they know. And we have to very diplomatically educate. And um, that's been kind of, um, that's kind of how I got into the film office in the first place was kind of being this unofficial traffic cop for projects coming in that needed, that had any kind of Hawaiian um, cultural um, um, basis mm -hmm. that, you know, kind of point them in the right direction for cultural expertise, for language expertise, for historical expertise. And, um, and it just kind of grew from there. And then when the position became available back in 2001, they, they asked me if I wanted to come on board, and I did. But I, I would say that we are, um, we, we've been around since 1978, and we have been getting the job done since 1978 with this very, very small staff. And it's, um, things go wrong every single day. And it, so there's a lot of it that is kind of, planning, orchestrating, logistical um, uh, direction that we provide the productions. But then when things go wrong, we're there to put out the fires. But things go right as well. Yes. And I want to applaud you folks for what you folks do. It's not just, it's not just uh, you know, how do we block off H3 for this production? It's, it's about education yeah. and really is uh, not exploitation of our beauty, beauty of our islands. And you folks are the the link oftentimes to these directors and producers mm -hmm. who may not, like you say, d will not understand until they come mm -hmm. and then they embrace it only after learning. Right. Um, but, but Hollywood has loved Hawaii for years. Mm -hmm. I mean, the beauty of Kauai has featured in you know, dozens of food films. If I were to ask you, how many films were, were, were done here, projects? I mean, we're talking well over 100, obviously. Hundreds. Made hundreds. Hundreds. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, our industry in Hawaii is over 100 years old. Um, we started in 1913, was the first film made. And Lili Uokalani was still alive in wow. 1913. And um, it was um, Shark God and um, uh, Hawaiian, Hawaiian Love. That was the title? Those are the two titles of the, of the films. They were from what became Universal Studios. But you can imagine what these films look like. I can bet, yeah. And um, that there were not Hawaiians playing Hawaiians. Of course, yeah. Of course. But uh, we have, it's really fascinating to see how we have developed over um, this past century. And now we're living in this age of um, authentic stories coming to light and people, you know, hungering for authentic stories. 
and um, and really, you know, we're in the, the, the age of diversity, inclusion. People want to hear stories of um, true stories mm -hmm. of Native peoples in, in, in regions all over the world. Yeah, no, thanks for pointing that out. That itself, that in itself could be a podcast of, you know, mm -hmm. because of so many years of uh, suppression or, yes. or, or not even recognizing uh, the Native authenticity. Yes. That, that is a whole different topic, but, but it's so very important now mm -hmm. uh, for directors, producers to understand mm -hmm. that if you're gonna cast, you better be prepared to tell us why you don't have a Native Hawaiian mm -hmm. in that role, or, or or a Japanese American, et cetera. You know the 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 versatility of our islands. I mean, different climate zones can be duplicated. Not to mention just the beauty of you know our mountains and ocean. But mm -hmm. it's that versatility that mm -hmm. really brings. Hollywood here. Mm -hmm. When we established our tax incentive program back in 2006, we had a bit of a challenge giving um, an added bump to the neighbor islands, um, which is about 5%. It's going to go up a little bit, but it's 5% more to film on a neighbor island. And the reason for that is that we, we needed to provide some incentive to showcase that diversity on the neighbor islands, because the neighbor islands, truth be told, they fight for about 10% of the business. The majority lion's share, 90% or so, stays on Oahu, because that's where our infrastructure base is. And the only way we grow the industry statewide and showcase that diversity that exists statewide is for us to kind of put pressure on the infrastructure on the neighbor islands so that they will you know, hopefully in time rise to the level of, of Oahu and be able to attract more and bigger productions. And the other thing is that um, when the industry restarted um, uh, mid-pandemic, it was on Maui. It wasn't on Oahu. The first productions were on Maui, uh, White Lotus being uh, most notable. Mm. And it was because they were able to bubble in place, tourism industry had shut down, and they were able to sequester safely with their protocols, their COVID protocols. And um, we ended up getting a nomination for Outstanding Film Commission for my office and the Maui County Film Office for the incredible, um, incredibly difficult work we did in supporting that production. So the neighbor islands have so much to offer our industry, and we hope to see that grow more. Wow, you know what? I, I did not know that the, uh, the percentages were so uh, different. In fact, mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember many years ago, uh, I did this program uh, called Hollywood Goes Kauai, mm. right? And and just because, you know, I'm biased with, with our Kauai roots, but yep. I just went back and all the films that were made on Kauai from, you know, Elvis and Blue Hawaii to Jurassic Park and mm -hmm. and just Six Days, Seven Nights, uh, you know, all, all of them. You yeah. know? And we just revisited some of the natives uh, who, who were part of the film at the time, whether they were swimming, you know, together with with those in the, in the blue, the old classics to, to those who went down the Coco Palms. Yes. You know, and, and, and uh, listening to Elvis sing the Hawaiian love song. A Hawaiian wedding song. Um, Actually, biggest film that sh Hollywood film that shot on Kauai 
was Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder, of all things, they right? They spent $68 million <laughs> that on That is Kauai insane. That n- nobody <laughs> saw coming. And it was large. And I don't know how many people saw it, but no, it, I'm just it's kidding. A, it's a it's fantastic a, film. It's iconic. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of become a cult film. Yes, it is. But just to give you an example of what <laughs> it is that we do to support a film like that, and the reason that film shot on Kauai was largely because of Ben Stiller. He wanted to be kind of in his backyard or yeah. in his dom- domain that he was he was living um, on Kauai or had a, had a house on Kauai. But um, they wanted to, uh, um, they needed to build this Vietnamese village and then they needed to build this tower uh, over um, the stream in Lehui Forest that um, they blow up at the end. And we had to go before the land board and about 13 federal, state, and county agencies to get permission to do these two things. They needed to build a bridge to get to the forest to to build this this set, and then they had to build this this tower um, uh, further up the stream. And I cannot tell you, it took us probably close to six months to get all the approvals to make that happen. And it just goes to show all the moving parts mm-hmm. that have to happen to make one page or one moment of Hollywood history happen on a screen. Tropic Thunder. So when, when, say that total again. That they 68 spent. million. And this was not last week. This no, is no. O- this was back in, um, uh, I think it was 07. Yeah. It was, it was a long time ago. Folks, if you haven't seen Tropic Thunder, go go. Go check it out. It's a great film. It is a great film, but it's very different. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, Robert Downey Jr. Yes, just a classic. An amazing uh, job. You know, Jesse Muckadengdang is on uh, producing with me this morning. As soon as you said that, he chuckled because I know it. We just all visually saw well, that. And there was a there was a scene in there about um, not to digress, but there was a scene in there with a water buffalo, and there's one water buffalo on Kauai, and um, the owner of the water buffalo would not allow Jack Black to get on top of this water buffalo, which is what the scene called for. So we had to import a water buffalo from L.A. Oh, my gosh. And the water buffalo turned out was pregnant. Um, and, and Department of Ag kind of was wondering whether that was kind of on purpose, that they, you know, were trying to sneak oh uh, a water buffalo in. <laughs> anyway, we, um, we had to go through some... some uh, some serious uh, Some hoops. Uh, hoops to get that, that that scene going. That's so funny. I mean, I bet you every production, every project that's been filmed, Oahu, Kauai, Maui County, Hawaii Island, have backstories. Oh that, yes. Oh, it would just make you would just make you die laughter. Yes. Uh, South Pacific. I, I'm just thinking of some of the things that, um, you know, Kauai has been used as a drop back. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. So much. So much. And then there and then there's Maui and Hawaii Island um, and. and you know, Waterworld, obviously, back then was huge. Most, expensive, most expensive in history film. at the time. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and um, you know, very, um, it's hard to believe that that film did what they did on Hawaii Island. I remember being over there on one of the days that they were filming. I wasn't in this job, um, but I, I, um, I, it was over the top. Yeah. It was just incredible. I, I remember uh, being on a flight once coming back from Hawaii Island, and I saw uh, Brian Kilana. Yes. And he was obviously doing some of the, the stunt work. Yes. And they were film, They were flying those stunt guys back and forth. Yes. Every week. Yes. And he, it, Brian he, is my hero. Yeah. 
and he's very involved in Chief of War with Jason yep. Momoa now and uh, co-producing that um, with Angie Lepret and um, and that that's that's an interesting story too. I'll 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 let you carry on, but I it, you know it's just talk about showcasing the Pai Aina. Um, Chief of War is, is 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 going to be doing that in this show. They're filming on every they're filming on every island. They're that's awesome. Every major when island. Is this Kauai. Um, can I, oh, it, can it, you can it's you gonna be It's going to be um, next year, I believe. It's Apple TV. Yeah. Um, but it's a television show. It's an episodic. That's awesome. And again, yeah. uh, it's probably very, very not probably. If Brian's involved, it's authentic. Yeah, and and, and yeah. it's the first time that this story, um, a story in Kamehameha's era, is being told, um, which is very exciting, very important. You know, Avatar uh, spent time here producing. Yes. Did they come back for this latest version of um, Avatar? I'm, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I don't think so. Um, I know that um, Cliff Curtis is is in Avatar, and um, he's also in Chief of War. And I've been I've been watching him do press on um, one of our favorite Maori actors. But um, um, yeah, that's an incredible that's project. Yeah, you know um, what was that film? Uh, gosh, Honeymoon in Los Honeymoon in Vegas. Honeymoon right? in Vegas with, with um, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. So Nicholas Cage does a scene, and part of my this. Uh, documentary that I did back at Keichuan was I included that scene of when Nicolas Cage is in Kapa'a and he's on the phone talking to somebody and he says, is it Kapa'a or is it Kapa'a? Right? The phone that he did it on, I, my, my photographer and I found that phone oh, and so I was on the other end and I pretended and we just spliced in this scene. So there's Nicolas Cage saying, is it Kapa'a or Kapa'a? And I'm saying, it's Kapa'a, you know, on the, from the same right, scene. Right, right, right. Just good fun stuff, but, you know, that's just another uh, side. He did, he did Wind Talkers here as well. And I don't know if you ever saw that film, no. which was um, really an amazing film. Um, but it was um, shot, uh, a lot of it was shot in Kualoa uh, Valley, in Kualo, at Kualoa Ranch. And um, it was John Woo directing and Nicolas Cage. And, you know, with a a star of his stature, there's a lot of things that come along with that. And it was just and John Woo is a very slow, methodical director. And things were taking a long time. They ran out of money and um, or it was eating up budget. So they had to pick up from Hawaii and go back and film the last half of the film in Malibu. And when you watch the film, it's a beautiful story about the the Navajo code talkers uh, in World War II. But you can see the stark difference between the lush, um, steep <laughs> Ko'olau Mountains and the scrubby brown Malibu Hills. Oh, my gosh. It just it's, it, it, it kind of pulls you out of the film. But um, great film. And Nicolas Cage is one of my favorites. Yeah, he's he's a f- tremendous actor. Tremendous actor. Um I mentioned COVID, and you talked a little bit about it with the project uh, uh, on Maui. COVID was a game changer for so mm-hmm. many people, but in in some ways, you said COVID was uh, a life changer for the the film industry, mm-hmm. it, and maybe it, even a, a positive. Yeah, it was. I, I think it was a blessing in disguise because it forced the film industry to really kind of step back. And they put a lot of time, effort into researching with epidemiologists, experts all over the world. And this was really driven by the unions, mm-hmm. where they 
um, actually took stock of their process and said, okay, how can we make this kind of virus proof? How can we minimize the risk of the spread of this illness? And this was before the vaccine, by setting up a whole new system of filming where you're, you're gonna be filming in zones and certain departments are not gonna be talking to other departments unless they absolutely have to. There was all of this process that was reevaluated and kind of redeployed. Mm. And it demonstrates how tightly relative, I think that the military is probably the only industry that is more regulated than film production because there's so much riding on the ability to execute mm -hmm. the, the mission of getting the shot. Um, and you cannot afford to have an entire production shut down because somebody gets sick. Now, has it been perfect? No, but it has been exemplary of what is possible. And a lot of um, other industries and other organizations looked at the film industry, our modified quarantine program, that was predicated on testing before flight, after arrival in Hawaii, quarantining for a specific period of time, testing daily, and it all um, it all came together to prove um, that it's possible to maintain a yes. supremely safe environment for our film productions. And the the proverbial adage of the show must go on. It has gone on, and it will continue to go on. It certainly adds to costs, but shutting down the production will add to costs more. Yes. Personal question, I'm going to ask you, if you don't yeah. mind. How much times did you? How many times have you got your nose swapped? <laughs> Too many to count. Too yeah. many to count. Any any time I want to go yeah. to our film studio at Diamond yeah. Head, to even meet with the producers, yeah, um, or meet with my staff that's out there, I have to do a PCR test. Yes. And it's um, it's not the you know home kind whatever, <laughs> it's like the full on all the way up you know brain tickler to your brains yeah, yeah. Um, but it's uh, you know I don't mind you know I'm like quadruple vaxxed. Yep. Um, and I'm also and that was the other thing that we did, um, uh, largely with the assistance of then Lieutenant Governor now Governor Green, mm -hmm. and his staff, and Hawaii Pacific Health we were able to get our productions vaccinated very, very um, early on mm -hmm. in order to keep those um, productions safe. And, and keep that industry very much still yeah. going, even yeah. even in the midst of, yeah. of a pandemic. And, you know, because competition is very real in yeah. the film industry. I mean, every, you know, New Zealand or wherever, wherever yeah. it is that pr pr producers like their, uh, the geography or whatever it is, it's there's com competition. People oh, yeah. ask offering credits and yep. tax credits. So well, and and it's interesting because I'm on a um, a board. Um, I sit on a board of the Association of Film Commissioners International, which is a global organization representing about 300 film commissions in face places as far flung as Mongolia mm -hmm. to Russia and everything in between, and it gives me a very first hand understanding of how Hawaii measures up in terms of our competition uh, globally. This is a global industry and our competition is global. It is, we're not just competing with U.S. jurisdictions. We are competing with other countries. And Hawaii, 
by virtue of its geography, by virtue of, of um, our isolation, we compete more with other countries than we do other U.S. states. So, um, so it, what it means is we need to up our game. And this latest example of Chief of War having to film a large chunk in Aotearoa um, is a positive thing, as I see it. A lot of people have been um, disappointed, including Jason Momoa, that we couldn't film more of it in Hawaii. But what it is allowing us to do by, by partnering with New Zealand, really, in um, because we could not deny the, the, the tax benefits they were getting by filming down in, in, in New Zealand, but it is allowing the project to showcase more of Hawaii's authentic locations specific to this story. And that is something that would not have been possible if we had tried to keep the entire very expensive project here in the islands. So it's kind of a win-win. Sure. Um, and I think it demonstrates to our government that if we want to play in the big leagues, if we want to really take this industry to the next level, this is how we got to do it. Mm-hmm. We, we, need to, we need to take a page from um, New Zealand and, and, um, and you, know, in, you know, insert that here in Hawaii, which brings me to one of the things that we've been working on, which is a Hawaiian handbook, which is similar to the Brown book that uh, New Zealand has, which is kind of a producer's guide to media making in the Hawaiian islands Smart. that shows them the things or demonstrates to them. It's kind of like a primer, like a, like a, a primer on our unique history, culture, environment that will help them to not step in those landmines, on those so landmines as they're, as they're producing in Hawaii. So brilliant. Primer, not to be confused with Bondo, yes. which is very different. And the thing about that, the reason why I joke about that is Bondo is, of course, the stuff that we used to put in our cars. To, yes. You can't treat this as Bondo. No. This is stuff you got to know. You got to know You have to or you will get buried. Yes. I got, I got a couple more questions, and I want to wrap this up because I could talk all day about this topic. No, me too. You know, um, if you were to say, if somebody say, hey, Donnie, what's the most sought after or, or what is the most popular location ever? in the Hawaiian Islands for film? I mean, that's a tough question to answer. I have a thought what it might be, but what is it? Oh, well, I, my go-to um, in, in, for many, many years is Kualoa Ranch. Ranch. yeah. And the reason for that, besides they're just great people out yeah. there, they understand our industry, is that it's essentially an entire ahupua'a right. from the summit down to the shore that is intact and it allows um, productions, private property, um, or a, a contained environment where they can film, where they don't really have to deal with the public and, and whatnot. If they're, if they're filming on, on any state uh, or, or county jurisdiction or federal for that mm-hmm. matter, they've got to make room for the public. And that's very hard to do in a, in a, um, uh, a, a film, a controlled film setting, and that that's that's totally changed since since COVID. But that's Oahu, and I would say that there are similar Kualoa Ranch um, uh, areas that exist um, uh, on 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 the different islands. Um, Kamehameha Schools has become a very strong partner for us in filming. 
because they have they are you know our largest part land private owner. landowner yeah. and they also understand the film industry and as an example um, they they started one of the first internship programs uh, in our film industry when Lost was in production. But I think that there are gems that exist across the Paiaina. Yeah, that's an unfair question. And, and, <laughs> and mostly on, there's places that producers want that they can't have. For yeah. instance, Waipio Valley. Right. I, I remember flying over Waipio Valley with the head of production for Disney and he wanted Waipio Valley for Pirates of the Caribbean. And he said, yeah, that's it. I can just see us building this little uh, uh, seafront town and then <laughs> blowing happened, it up. Pal. And I'm like, that's <laughs> no. not happening. Yeah, that's, that's not, not happening. Happen. Move on. Yeah. Let's go to the next one. Let's go to Hanamo Bay. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no offense to Hanamo Bay. Waipio yeah. has just, just got so much mana. And yes. You would have to yeah. get a lot of, <laughs> you yeah. would have to you'd the pass right many hurdles. Project, yeah. The right project can really film anywhere. Sure. If the right pro project approaches it in the in the proper way, um, but for a for a big tent pole, you know, blow them up, whatever's um, no can. No, don't even bother. Yeah, Donnie, a congratulations to all that you've done through the years. Uh, you and I go way back, but I tell you what, you um, you have led this office and it's it's from what i remember it used to be just one office yeah uh, and now that you have a um you know with so much new shows hawaii 50 csi uh, uh you know uh, ncis, N NCIS Hawaii, is here. um uh, doogie kamealoha magnum uh, has come back awesome. from from being canceled we've got chief of war we've got all these other projects it's really exciting ncis is doing so well my 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 one little um story I want to say about NCIS Hawaii is that I was um, helpful in getting them to understand the importance of using the okina in Hawaii. Yes. And they did. And it's part of their official logo and brand, for yeah. NC and their brand for NCIS Hawaii. And I'm very proud of that. But all of these shows are so important to Hawaii. Yep. And, um, and I think that productions over the years have really understood that... Um, Hawaii is a world-class filming destination, and um, and they they want to be part of our community, and they want to do right by our community because they want to come back again and again. Yeah, they want to meet Pono, and we are a world-class destination for for Hollywood and beyond. And a lot of it is because of your world world-class leadership, Donnie. Awesome. Mahalo. Hey, uh, continue success. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Mahalo. And um, try to as much as possible stay away from those swabs. Boy, I will. I sneeze like crazy every time one of those I things know. goes up there. Mahalo Nui for joining us, folks. Join us next week for another episode of What School You Went. Until then, ahuyo. What School You Went is a PBS Hawaii production. Music by Taimana Gardner. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And tell your friends. You can find us on pbshawaii.org and everywhere you get your podcasts.